Let's take our Bibles and turn to Proverbs chapter, start off tonight with one verse. Verse 20. He who walks with wise men will be wise, but a companion of fools will suffer harm. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you and praise you for the word of God. We do pray, Father, and ask again for a number of folks that are away and are visiting and pray that you'd bless their time away. We also particularly pray for Jose Estrada and ask your blessing as he ministers in Guatemala right now and then for his safe return. And Father, we pray that as we come to the word of God, again, we know that it is a, a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path, and I pray that you'd help us to ever be in it that we can get the wisdom and guidance that comes from above that can help us in our practical daily living. So we commit our study of the word tonight with thanksgiving and in Jesus' name, amen. We are in the area of social wisdom, uh, as you saw in the bulletin. And in our study in Proverbs, we have been dealing with the practical considerations of Proverbs in several areas. We dealt with the spiritual life uh, as Proverbs presents it, such as the temporal versus eternal, uh, such things as trusting God. We moved into the personal instruction that's giving us, given to us in the book of Proverbs uh, in dealing with our personal life, such as anger, greed, pride, alcohol. We have touched, there were many other areas, but those are some of the areas that we studied out of the book of Proverbs. And then we moved in, lastly, the to the area of family. We spent quite a bit of time in family, dealing with marriage, dealing with children, dealing with discipline. And now we have moved into the fourth category that when we started the book of Proverbs, I said we would deal with, and that is our social life. I'll explain that in just a second. And the last area that we will deal with in the book of Proverbs, since we were taking it from a topical uh, discussion, is the area of work, is the area of employment. And so that will be the last area that we will deal with uh, in this. And there could be many, many other areas that we could deal with in the book of Proverbs. But social wisdom is where we are tonight. So what do we mean by social wisdom? What are we talking about? Well, the most common thing that I get in school from uh, the kids when I give them assignments because they need to document all their sources, the most common one that's coming through now I don't allow them, by the way, to use Wikipedia at all. Uh, in fact, I teased the uh, speaker that we had here for the conference because I caught it. I don't know if anyone else did, but a couple of his, uh, there were pictures, though, came from Wikipedia. So when I saw him personally, I, I had some fun with that. But at any rate, uh, uh, dictionary.com is one of the most common things that is used. So I use that as a source this particular time. And so the definition that dictionary.com dictionary gave for social is this. It is characterized by friendly companionship or relations. Second definition that it gave was simply companionship of others. That is uh, both under quote. In other words, to put it in my words, what it is, it, when we talk about social, and I'm talking about it tonight, <coughs> and the scriptures will, we're talking about our friends. We're talking about our neighbors, because the scripture does deal with that as well. 
We're talking about those who we would call friends. We're talking about those who we would call our neighbors or associates. And we all have them. We all have neighbors. We all have friends, quote, unquote. And I'll refer to that in just a second. And uh, we all have associates, people that we spend our time with. Well, does the scriptures, does the book of Proverbs, particularly as that's our study, does it give us information to help us in those choices? The answer is absolutely it does. And I want to say that friends are important, are they not? Very, very important. They're very important for children. In fact, uh, when someone makes a move geographically, I know that's always one of the concerns. I think of the Paquettes recently and uh, talking with the family, and then we went down to visit them when they did move. And that was a concern. The children had friends, close friends, that they uh, had, and we'll talk, we'll deal with that tonight. And uh, then there's a concern because you're moving away from those uh, folks. And so friends are very important for children, but they're also very important for adults. And our neighbors, whether we realize it, and I'll refer to that in just a moment, because today is kind of a little definition. It's, it's, it's amazing over the time span of our lives here, even in this room, how definitions change, isn't it? I mean, there's so many words that we could go into that meant one thing when I was a child that totally means something else today. That is also true in this area of friends. We are surrounded by a lot of media availability. We were talking last night, a number of us at a meeting uh, that we had, and uh, we are having some fellowship. And uh, there are very positive things that the media present and technology presents to us. So this is not in any way discouraging that. But the concept of social and social media has changed things tremendously. We have what we call Facebook. We have what we call Twitter. We have what we call blogs. And I could go on with uh, some of the technology. To some of the audience here tonight, you haven't got the foggiest idea what I'm talking about. Others, they know exactly what we're talking about. And the kids, in fact, that's vital for them. They survive through the social media. Um, but it's interesting because you see some advertisements on TV again because they have the concept of a friend. You know, you want to be my friend? You're my friend now. Now I have 391. Now I have 392. And they're talking friends in that category. And, and it's true. And, and how is friendship defined? Because for many cases, or in some cases, I don't want to say all because that's not true, but in some cases, those that we call friends, and when we talk about this social advice that the Scriptures give, I want to make sure we understand what the Scriptures are talking about. But generally today when we talk about friends, some of those friends that we talk about, we never spend any time with. Is that really a friend? You know, so if you've got a friend on your iPhone, for example, I hope at that stage certainly they are a close friend. Uh, but it may be that in some of the other social medias, those that we have friends with, how close are those friends? 
Do we really know them? Would you share your deepest thoughts with them? Would you post that uh, with some of the media? And of course, in some cases, people would post anything. And people would uh, say anything to anybody about anything. Uh, but really, you think about it yourself. Uh, are those your friends? Do you know a lot about those friends that you refer to as friends today? How about your neighbors? Since we're going to talk about friends and we're going to talk about neighbors, I think that's changed tremendously. As many of you know, I grew up in this geographical area. I'm in an unusual situation, even regarding Pastor Stringer or most of the pastors in this area. Not many pastors end up growing up in the area and spending time in the area and stay in the area and teach in the area and come out of salvation and are pastoring in the area. And in case you don't think uh, that means much, I can't breathe without everybody knowing it. There are people that know me since I was in elementary school. I run into people all the time in this area. And as you know, I officiate in what, in fact, someone shared with me this morning. They said, hey, I got a new neighbor. And I was talking with the neighbor. And this, is, this happened in the church this morning. And the person said, the new neighbor I was talking with knows you. I said, well, that's, that's a little unfortunate, I think. And I said uh, to them, this is a true story. And I said to them, uh, that's interesting, you know, describe, give me the name of the person. And quite honestly, I didn't really know them that well. But they knew me through my officiating and growing up in the area, my playing of sports and whatever in the area. And I didn't really know them that well. So my advice to the person, please don't talk to them because you might not want to get to know me that much. <laughs> but, uh, but I was kidding. But our neighbors, we used to know people. We would spend time. In fact, I know growing up, my parents, when they were both living, and then my mother never worried. Well, she probably did. But when I was away, because if I got out of line, other adults got me back in line, and they would tell my mom and uh, my dad, and then I would have to get punishment when I got home. And uh, everybody knew one another. And they cared for one another. They, they talked to one another. Today, there's very little interaction with neighbors. I hope that's not the same with you. But ask yourself that. How many in your neighborhood do you know? How many do you really know? Do you know their families? Do you know what's going on, what they do for a living? Have you been in their home? Have you had them over to your home? Uh, how much interaction is there? Is, do you do family things with them? Do you go out to eat with them? Do you spend any time with them? And on we go. There was a sense of neighborhood like that in the sense with neighbors, but now nobody even trusts their neighbor. They move into an area and they don't trust anybody. And you can't blame them with some of the things that are going on today. So it's important, with, even with the social media that I talked about, friendship and the idea of a neighbor is important for the sense of community for the sense of family, um, and uh, for especially for the young people as we talk about it and we think about it, it is important to be connected and to have these friends. But how close are they? How close are they and what are the principles for real friends? And I'm talking about now people that you want to really be a friend, not just somebody in a name that you know nothing about, but someone that you can rely on, someone that you can spend time with. Uh, while things change in time 
with us regarding the concept of friends or the concept of neighbors. It does not with God or God's word. He gives us some tremendous principles that can help us when we talk about friends and we talk about neighbors. So let's look at some of the instruction that God gives us. In Proverbs chapter 13 and in verse 20, here's the first point that I would give you. And that is for all of us, but young people listen up, choose your friends wisely. Choose your friends wisely. Why? Because they will, not might, they will influence you. Just as you will influence them. And that's true with us as adults. Choose your friends wisely. Your thinking, your actions, your reputation will be based somewhat on your friends. Have you ever experienced in life, especially those of you that are older, if you spend time with a certain person, then you get a reputation because of that, because they have a reputation. Or, just talk about influence, are there, is there anyone that you would consider a friend, but yet you would not talk to them about certain things because you know that they have a tendency to talk to anybody or everybody. And yet, they're a friend. The scriptures are very clear that your associations will influence your character. Look at verse 20. It says there, He who walks with wise men, what is the result? You will be wise. If you spend time around people with wisdom. Now, what is wisdom? By now, you should know that. Clearly from the scriptures. Wisdom, there's a difference between the wisdom of this world and the wisdom from above. We spent months studying that out of this book. And the writer of Proverbs, uh, one of the writers, I think Solomon particularly, over and over again said, my son, took him aside. My son, I want you to listen to me. We're going to see that again tonight. And I want you to walk with people that are wise. That's the type of companions to pursue. Those that are going to be thinking in terms of spiritually, spiritual mindedness. When we choose our friends, do we choose them based upon, first of all, spiritual mindedness? Or are we not concerned about that? If you're not concerned about that, you run the danger of them having an ungodly mind. And that will influence your character. Do we choose our friends, for example, just practical right here, because they are hard working? If you spend time with people that are hardworking, guess what type of worth ethic, a work ethic you will probably have. But if you spend your time around people that are lazy, people that are slothful, does that sound familiar to the book of Proverbs? You will be affected by that. And young people, you need to think about that. Do you spend time with someone who is serious about life, 
You know, I preached a message here a couple... It's been interesting since I preached that message. For those of you that were here about three weeks ago, when I preached the message on what was published in the medical journal in England and what they are now doing with adolescents. Do you remember that? That they have now determined that it is no longer going to be an adult when they're 18. And in case you don't think that's true, you follow up and you'll see what, what I'm talking about. Well, what they have determined is they don't want to rush people into adulthood we are moving children too fast into adulthood, so now what they have done is they have decided that adulthood will not start until the age of 25, and the entire world is moving in that direction, by the way. Now, after I said that to you and talked about how men want to be Peter Pan and never grow up, it's been interesting because someone handed me an article that not only quoted the same source and other sources to follow up what I presented, but the head of the article had to do with the Peter Pan syndrome of our society, people not wanting to grow up. If you listen to the messages that were given during the conference, and if you heard some of this morning, it's the same concept. People want to remain boys. I heard that in Sunday, uh, sorry, Christian growth class in this room, when we were dealing with, I believe, the topic Pastor Chris was teaching, it was games. And he gave statistics about how children and adults, the amount of time that is spent on playing computer games. It is phenomenal. And there's the same thing, statistics about how many people now go off to college and they come back and they live in home and they never get out of the house. Why? Well, they use all kinds of excuses, but the parents haven't got the courage to kick them out and to get them on their own. When the scriptures say, for this cause, a man shall leave his father and mother and then goes on to get married and take responsibility and to do that. And on and on we could go. If, if that's the type of person you, 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 you want to be around that doesn't want to grow up, how do you think that's going to impact your thinking? If you take someone that's serious about life and wants to be responsible and wants to achieve and wants to do their best in all of that, that will influence your life, young people and old alike. And that's what the scriptures tell us. You walk with the wise men, you'll be wise. But the companion of a fool, you spend your time around being with fools and what are you going to do? Watch. He doesn't say you'll become a fool. He says you will face harm. You're going to suffer. Your life will suffer. I have seen it, and anyone that's my age that's probably in this room has probably seen it with some people they know, that what happened is they didn't like to work. They never worked hard. They, didn't, they always talk about things they want and never get there. They never worked hard for anything, were slothful, and they're always complaining. And what happens? That influences us. Look at chapter, let's look at a couple of other things. Look at chapter 12, verse 26. And I will take this at face value, and then I will explain it, this verse, again in a few minutes. 
But let's just take it for the way we have it in English here right now. It says in verse 26, the righteous is guide to his neighbor. Is that the way yours reads? It's what? A guide. Anybody else get any other translation? Okay. What? Caution. Okay. And then it says to his neighbor, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. The righteous is a guide. The righteous is a guide, this says. What? To his neighbor. But the way of the wicked will lead people astray. Let me give you a biblical example of what we're talking about, about influence. Go with me to Proverbs chapter 1. Remember this? Proverbs 1. So you're not just hearing it from the voice of Pastor Dan. Proverbs chapter 1, beginning in verse 8. It's a lengthy passage, but let me read it. You follow along. Hear, my son, your father's instruction. Do not forsake your mother's teaching. Indeed, they are graceful wreaths about your head, ornaments about your neck. My son, watch this. If sinners entice you, that is a companion. You don't want this type of friend. Watch. It says, if sinners entice you, do not consent. If they say, come with us, let us lie and wait for blood. Let us ambush the innocent without cause. Let us swallow them alive like Sheol, even whole as those who go down to the pit. We will find all kinds of precious wealth. We'll fill our houses with spoil. Throw in your lot with us. Come along. Go along with the crowd. We shall have one purse. My son, do not walk in the way with them. Keep your feet from their path. Don't get close to people like that. Why? For their feet run for evil. They hasten to shed blood. Indeed, it is useless to spread the bait net in the sight of any bird. But they lie in wait for their own blood, it says. They ambush their own lives. So are the ways of everyone who gains by violence. It takes away the life of its possessors. Don't hang around with people like that. He goes on, verse 20. Wisdom shouts in the street. She shouts her voice in the square. At the head of the noisy street, she cries out. The entrance of the gates in the city, she utters her sayings. How long, O naive ones, will you love being simple-minded? And scoffers delight themselves in scoffing, and fools hate knowledge. Turn to my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit on you. I will make my words known to you, because, and this is the Lord here, because I called to you, you refused. I stretched out my hand, you didn't pay attention. You neglected all my counsel, did not want my reproof. I will also laugh at your calamity. I will mock when dread comes, when your dread comes like a storm. How is it going to come? Because they wouldn't listen to wisdom and chose friends who were going off to evil. Verse 28, then they will call on me. I I won't even answer. They will seek me diligently. They won't find me. Why? They hated knowledge. They did not choose the fear of the Lord. This ties in several things that we've studied together. They will not choose the fear of the Lord. They would not accept counsel. They spurned at my reproof so that they eat from the fruit of their own way. How did that start? That started with people saying, come on, come along. Don't worry. 
Just follow into what? Bottom line, evil, verse 16. Didn't choose wisely. Now they regret it. Oh, had I listened. There is, um, someone referred to this last night, and I have seen the video. There is a, there's probably several like it, but there is a video of a young man who got his license and he basically got involved in drunk driving. And he killed two people. And he's in jail. And the only reason he gets out right now, he's in for life. The only reason he gets out right now is to go around to teach kids about how one foolish mistake has cost his life. To try to get them to wake up to drunkenness, alcohol, and prison. Why? In his own words, in the video, what he says is because of a foolish decision in companions. It's huge. It affects our lives. It impacts our lives. Go with me to Psalm 1. We'll come back to Proverbs. Psalm 1. I'm choosing things that I know you're very well acquainted with. And this isn't just for young people. It's for us as adults. How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, or sit in the seat of the scoffers. It's easy to find scoffers. His delight is in the law of the Lord. In his law he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree firmly planted. Young people, listen. Adults, listen. You want to follow after those who have godly wisdom. You want to follow after the things of the Lord. Don't be pulled away by the world or people who want the world by as companions. You will be fruitful if you walk with the Lord. Meditate on his word. That's what it says. Your leaf won't wither. Whatever you do will prosper. Who does not want prosperity? What do you do? Follow after those that follow after God. Verse 4. The wicked are not so. They lie like chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked, they won't stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. Again, choosing of companions. Let's go back to the book of Proverbs. Let me make some other statements, and we'll continue to walk through. Choose your friends wisely. How do you choose a friend? Someone that's going to be a friend, not just, as I said, a media friend that you don't know, you can't spend time. You want to choose friends that are going to be true friends. What is a true friend? They will be there with you in the good and the bad. Young people catch that. Adults catch it. As you have friends, will they be there in the good and the bad? A true friend will love you at all times. They won't walk away. I don't want friends like that, do you? Friends who, when the bad times are there, the tough times are there, they're not around for you? I want someone that's going to be there through the thick and thin. I'm, I'm, I'm glad the Lord's like that. Go with me to Proverbs 18. Proverbs 18. Proverbs 18. 24.
This is an often misinterpreted verse. Proverbs 18.24 A man of too many friends comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Many translations have that down, that if you want to have friends, you need to show yourself friendly. In other words, they interpret it, go out and be friendly and you'll have a lot of friends. Do you know that's the opposite of what this verse means? Just the opposite. What does the verse mean? What does he say, a man of too many friends? It's a good translation. Comes to ruin. You want the literal? He must come to ruin. The point is this. If you have many friends and you make them easily and you don't choose them wisely, you will come to destruction. That's what this verse says. It doesn't say be friendly and you'll get a lot of friends. It is saying this. Look at it closely. A man of too many friends comes to ruin. If you don't choose wisely how you make your friends and you just want to be friendly to everybody, you will come to ruin because you're not going to have true friends. Look at the contrast. The contrast is, but there is a friend. Unlike having a lot of friends, there is a, a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And that's the meaning of this verse. It's not many friends. It's a friend that will stick closer than a brother. What is that? A brother in a relationship in a family should be pretty close, right? Now, there is always conflict and so forth. I'm sure you've seen situations like this. Uh, siblings fight and argue and maybe even have a fist fight with one another. But let someone else touch that person and they'll stick up for one another and they'll fight for the family. Uh, you know, and I'm talking about not some family that's really broken up, but that's a normal situation that you'd probably see where they stick up for the family members. And he says there's a friend that'll stick closer than a brother. I'll look at an example in a minute. What is that? They're there at all times. That's a friend. That's what he's saying. You'd be better off with one friend who sticks closer than a brother than just being popular and having many friends, and they will turn on you like a dime. Let me be very practical. When you choose wisely and get a true friend, they'll be loyal. They won't talk behind your back. Young people, if you're making friends with somebody in school, we, I, I see this all the time. They, they talk about their friends and so forth, and the minute something goes wrong, that friend is talking behind their back. And I'll tell you, young people, and I'll tell you, adults, that is not a friend. If they're going to talk to you face-to-face -face about somebody, what are they going to do behind your back? And I won't give names, but I'll give you a practical situation that happened, and it's got something to do with some people know, know the person, but it was someone that came to me and talked. And they said, Pastor Dan, da, 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 and they wanted to talk to me. And they said, you know what? I found out that that person was talking about them. That's why they came to me for counsel. That person came because there was something being said. And then they ran into someone else. And that someone else they ran into was talking about the person that came to me. And by the way, it had nothing to do with anything in this church. It was just a practical situation. And because I was studying this, that's what I said. If that person is a friend to you, 
you saw what happens. When someone's going to talk behind someone else's back, they will talk behind your back. When they will stand up for you, that's the type of friend you want. When they will be with you, as I said, through the thick and thin. Any examples? Well, let me give you the reference. I won't even turn there. How about 1 Samuel 18.1? Who's that? David, and who do you think it might be? Who was it? Somebody said it. Jonathan. They stuck through the thick and thin. That's interesting because I said 2 Samuel 18. That's where it kind of begins. What happened? Saul was out to kill David. Jonathan was Saul's son. David could rely on Jonathan. Jonathan truly loved him. He was a friend that he could rely on. And even when his father was out to get David, David knew, I can trust Jonathan. That's an intimate friend. He chose him wisely. And he got advice when to run away, when to stay, and what to do. How about Abraham? Did you know Abraham's called who? Friend of God. And if you were to look at Second Chronicles 27, God calls Abraham a friend. Do you know that that's exactly what God did? God didn't call all the nations of the world. He chose one man and he called out Abraham and he said, through you I will build all the other nations. That is, I will end up having the seed through which the Messiah comes through you, as well as through David. He chose David. He chose Abraham. What happened when you come to the New Testament? He chose 12 men. And even of those, he had eight, and then four, and then really two that he was close with. It's interesting. Why? Because there's only so many that you can be close to and intimate. So choose wisely and ask yourself that. Now, maybe this is not just Maybe there's just a couple of verses on this. I don't think so. Go to Proverbs 22. Go to Proverbs 22. Proverbs 22, verses 24 and 25. Let your father and mother be glad. Whoop, I'm in Proverbs 23. I was going to say that's not right. Try that again. Do not associate with a man given anger. Or go with a hot-tempered man. Why? You'll learn his ways, and you'll find a snare for yourself. Don't go with a man that's got a hot temper. Don't go with a man given anger. Why? You'll learn his ways. It will affect your character. It will affect you. It will affect your life. Chapter 27, Proverbs. Verse 9. Oil and perfume make the heart glad. So a man's counsel is sweet to his friend. As you can imagine, I do a lot of counseling. And I was in a counseling session recently with somebody. And as they came in to counsel, this was, these are the words that they said to me. They said, Pastor Dan, please don't tell me what I want to hear. Tell me what I need to hear. I said, if you ever think you're going to come to me and hear what you want to hear, you don't know me. I said, what I can do to the best of my ability, and I assure you to the best of my ability I will do is try to give you counsel out of the word of God, whether you like it or you don't. Now, I might not always be right, but that's what I will do. 
And, you, and what happens when you get counsel, even when it hurts, why? He says in verse 10, he goes on, Do not forsake your own friend or your father's friend. Do not go to your brother's house in the day of your calamity. Why? You're better off going to somebody that's a close friend, that you can rely on, that they're not going to repeat the matter, that they're not going to run with it, they're not going to be behind your back. They're going to pray with you. And obviously in this environment, that's what I would challenge all of us, that as we choose our friends, someone that you can really pray with. And I'll go back to when I was a young believer. We were in North Andover, and a lot of you know the testimony in my life, and I've told you how the Lord, I didn't have to have somebody call me up and tell me to go to prayer meeting. I didn't have to have somebody call me up and tell me to go serve, and I didn't have to have somebody call me up to tell me to be baptized. That's just part of how the Lord worked in my life. Well, I say that because I started going to prayer meeting. Why? Because there was prayer meeting, and I knew the scripture said you ought to be praying. And I remember going to prayer meeting, and then, naive as I was and young as I was, there were people that had been in church a long time, but I was getting to know them, and so I started go visiting them on my own. Nobody told me about visitation. I just started visiting. I said, how come you're not coming out to prayer meeting? And you know what I found out? A few people said, I don't want to go out to prayer meeting because all they do is they gossip. That's a sad, sad, sad commentary. They said they don't really pray and talk and then follow up with you. And the person that I was talking with, I remember very clearly, the person said that I talked to them about something to pray about. Next thing I know, I'm hearing about it from other people, and I didn't want them to know about it. That should never happen with Christians. You should be able to choose friends, and when we're praying about somebody or something, we should be able to pray about that, and that's where it goes. That's where it goes. By God's grace, that person that I have in mind, by the way, they're with the Lord right now, gone to be in heaven with the Lord, but that person started coming out to prayer meeting. I was so encouraged that they started to come. And not all prayer meetings are that way. And it didn't continue to be that way. I addressed it in my small group. I didn't even know what I was doing. But I did with the small group that I used to go to in prayer in North Andover. But it says here we need to be careful. We need to rely on those that's a friend of your father's and a friend. Why? Because those are true friends that are really standing with you. Look at verse 17, same chapter. Iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. What in the world is that talking about? Well, if you look at the context, it really goes with verse 16. He who would restrain her restrains the wind and grafts oil in his right hand. And you go back, and it deals with what? A contentious woman out in verse 15 and constant dripping and and that type of thing. But rather than that, when you've got somebody that's going to sharpen iron, you can rely on them that they're going to talk with you. This is also, I believe, a good verse that talks about why we should discuss the scriptures. It sharpens iron. Is it just Proverbs? Is it just Psalms? No, let me give you one New Testament verse for tonight. Go with me to one that you know very well. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Anybody know what it says? Before I tell you the verse? No one? Let's try verse 33. Sound familiar? Do not be deceived. What does it say? Come on. Bad company 
perhaps good morning. Who I hang around with will affect the way I think. Who I spend my time. We tell that to children. We should. Don't you as parents? Watch who you choose for friends. You hang around with this person. They're going to influence. I don't want you to be with this person because of this, this, and this. It's going to impact your life. Choose your friends wisely. Adults do the same thing. Did you ever think of the context of this? Somebody help me out. What is the context? You've probably quoted this verse many times. What is the context of this verse? Anybody? Somebody? Absolutely. It's the resurrection. What was the problem? There it is. The context of this passage is they were saying there's no resurrection. What did they do? They turned over the faith of believers. And Paul had to write and say, look, if there's no resurrection, you haven't even got a savior. And if there's no resurrection, stop preaching the gospel. And if there's no resurrection, your faith is in vain. Go and have a good time. How did that happen? They were being influenced by people who were saying no resurrection. It affected their theology. That is the context. And he's saying stay away from people like that. Bad company corrupts good morals. You will be living any way you want if you don't think there's a resurrection and you're going to stand before God. Don't listen to them. That is chapter 15. In fact, it ends with this. Look at it. Verse 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your toil is not in vain in the Lord. You keep on doing what you're supposed to be doing. Don't listen to that. All of that to say what? Proverbs, social, choose your friends wisely. I need to choose my friends wisely. You need to choose your friends wisely. Why? Because it'll affect our character. It'll affect the way we think. And if we're honest, we do. We're affected by that way. We affect other people, hopefully in a positive way. I hope that you're influencing and you're influencing people in a very positive way for the glory of God, for the kingdom of God. You know, that's all that matters. Who are we going to stand before? The Lord. And give an account. Who are our children going to stand before? The Lord. We need to help them to choose friends that are interested in eternity. You know, you can turn out to be the biggest star in this world or the richest person in this world, and it won't amount to a hill of beans after your death. But if you're walking with people who want to be godly and you're choosing friends who want to be influenced by the things of God and are having an impact in a positive way and people that you can stand with and will stand with you when you're crying and you need help, you get someone like that, it is going to encourage you to walk on with the Lord and your testimony will stand true and you'll be sound. So the first point under the social is choose your friends wisely. God wants us to do that because they'll impact our life and that life will be impacted in such, to such a degree that it'll affect us when we stand before the Lord. Let's close in a word of prayer for tonight. Heavenly Father, I thank you and praise you for the friends that we have. And I'm sure in this room, every one of us have friends that we're so grateful for. 
not only our spouses, but people even outside of our family that we know we can go to them with the most intimate and most difficult situation and they'll stand with us. They'll pray with us. And Father, I am so grateful that we can be that to others. And I pray that you'd help us to interact that way. Help our young people. There's not that many here tonight, but we pray that our young people would choose their friends wisely. That we as adults would choose our friends wisely. So that, Father, we would see it as being important to have iron sharpen iron where we're really interested in things that really matter and things that are eternal. Help us to be even careful with our so-called friends in the social media. That, Father, we be seeking to bring honor and glory to you even in those areas so that your name will be exalted and we'll be encouraged and when we stand before you, the reward will be great your honor and glory. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.